What's going on, guys? This is John Hasselbauer from thelions.com, and today we'll be going through the American Express uh, golf betting preview. Um, before we get into it, make sure, as a reminder, that you are subscribed to the Lions YouTube channel. Um, and all of the other important links that you need are in the description here. We've got links to the Discord, links to my tournament preview article, everything in between. Um, as always, thank you for um, supporting the content and uh, you know staying engaged on Twitter. You can also find me at PGA Talent there. Uh, DMs are always open for any questions. Um, before we kick off into American Express, I want to look back at the Sony Open for a second. It was a great first full field tournament of the year. Um, anyone who's been riding with us was was probably on the Siwoo wagon, so it's nice to get off on the right foot there. Um, really exciting tournament. It was not a very good field, um, really, by any means. I think, you know, obviously Jordan Spieth got off to a good start. Um, imploded, missed the cut. Tom Kim had a lot of high hopes. He disappointed, although he was very good. Ball striking all week, just could not buy a putt. Worst putting performance of his career. Um, so it ended up being kind of this unheralded leaderboard, but very dramatic down the stretch. Um, you know, shout out to Hayden Buckley and the Hayden Buckley backers. It was definitely a two horse race. It felt like for the whole, the whole round. Um, some, some theatrics from Siwoo with the chip in on 17. I think both of Buckley and Siwoo had so many opportunities to, ex to, to build some separation in that tournament. So many missed four footers and you were just kind of wondering at what point somebody was going to take it. And on that 17 and 16 exchange, Buckley hits the long putt. I, as somebody who was sweating Siwoo, I was very nervous uh, as soon as Lipsky left that left that bunker shot on 16 short and gave him the exact line he needed, I knew Buckley was going to hit that, and I really thought that was going to be it for us. But Siwoo comes through with with a miracle chip in, and he, and then he tees up a, a three wood on uh, you know to driver height on 18. I legitimately thought he thought he had driver in hand. Um, that was very nerve wracking, a lot more nerve wracking than it needed to be, but shout out to Siwoo, a good way to start the year, uh, with an outright in the second tournament, love a hot start. Hope you guys, you know, tailed along as well and are, are also off to a good start. Um, you know, good weekend for me in general. We got my giants are ex extending to the second round of the playoffs playing the Eagles next week. Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback. Um, so, you know, the vibes are good. We want to keep those good vibes going into the American express. Um, the American express, uh, is being played at PGA West. I'm rocking my La Quinta hat. Um, I've never played La Quinta country club, but I have been to PGA West. I played the mountain course, um, really nice backdrop in Coachella Valley. Um, uh, the course itself, not the best, not the greatest assortment of holes, um, definitely not my favorite layout on the season. Um, and never really from a handicap perspective, love going into an event where we're going on a three course rotation where only one of those courses has shot link data. So a lot of liberties I think need to be taken this week on what stats are important. Um, but that's, what we're going to go through in this, uh, in this preview video. Um, so looking into the setup at the American Express, it is a three-course rotation pro-am. Um, the stadium course, Pete Dye's course, is the the main course. So that'll be 
um, played for one round over the first three days. And then on Sunday, the full remaining field after the 54 hole cut will proceed on to the stadium course on Sunday. We'll also see La Quinta country club and Nicholas tournament club, Nicholas tournament course. Um, both are considerably easier. Uh, La Quinta is the easiest of the three. Um, but all three of these courses have seemingly no rough on the property. It's dormant Bermuda. Um, so it's pretty wide open. As long as you can miss the water, you're going to be okay in this, in this field from a uh, stroke scan off the T perspective. Um, we've seen, a just a, a myriad of different winners at this event. Some are, are strong off the tee, like a John Rahm. Um, some are just approach specialists who can get a hot putter. I think that's more of the norm. Um, John Rahm famously dubbed this a, um, a putting contest in more colorful language. Um, so that's really what we have in store here. And when we say putting contest, it really is very little resistance from tee to green, the skill that that would normally separate you from a field, whether you're an elite driver, you have elite approach play, or you can get up and down from tricky, you know, greenside rough or complexes like that. That's a skill that can separate you. That's all negated in a putting contest. What we're really saying from tee to green, it's fair game for anyone. And then it's just going to come down to hit, who hits the most putts. Uh, whenever we get in a situation like that, it's really tough from a handicapping perspective to hone in on who fits the course best. You'll see as we go down through this board, there's guys who are 200 to one who are just as capable of getting as hot of a putter as John Rahm and will probably have as many opportunities at birdies this week. So it is an interesting setup um, when we're trying to handicap, but again, there's always an approach and we're going to, we're going to go through that strategy. Um, looking more specifically at the three courses, uh, all three share in common under 7,200 yards. They're not positional though. So don't necessarily need to hone in on performance on super short greens or super short courses. But, um, you know, obviously it's not, it's not a big deal if you don't have, um, elite driving distance since the courses are not very long in and of themselves. They're all par 72. They are all uh, featuring four par five. So par five scoring can be pretty important here to continue to stockpile those birds. Really going to need Eagle opportunities on those. I, I feel like to keep pace um, with, with the rapid scoring that we've, we've seen at this event over the years. And it is Bermuda greens, but it's sort of dormant. It's in, you know, January in California. So it's not the same type of Bermuda you would see on like the Florida swing. Um, it is a little overseeded with Poe and Bent. So I'm not looking too closely at, let's say, you know, pure Bermuda stats. I'm going to look more broadly at just total putting. Can you get a hot putter? And ideally, have you done it um, at this event in the past where you, where you picked up a hot putter? Um, because we are in desert conditions and it can play a little bit differently from some of the other Bermuda courses that we're used to. Um, and then just kind of looking through um, betting history at this event, um, since it is a putting contest, I think what we would expect is a little more volatility. And that's exactly what we have here. Uh, three of the last four winners have opened at over 200 to one. John Rahm has one here as a favorite at 10 to one, but he's kind of the exception Otherwise, it's really more like 60 to 1 plus are, are the types of winners you've had here. Your last five winners are Hudson Swafford, Siwoo Kim, Andrew Landry, Adam Long, and John Rahm. 
good luck finding any sort of commonality between those guys. I think it's really just, can you get a hot putter? Which again, most guys can do that here. So, uh, going to be going to be an interesting one to zero to zero in on. Whenever I get to a putting contest for my betting card, uh, what I always look to do is you know hedge against the randomness with more exposure to the field. Um, so that typically means fading the top of the board uh, and building out a longer card with more exposure um, with two more long shots, who I think are plenty viable this week. Um, and then lastly, just to touch on the top of the board, I know I just said I'm fading them, but, uh, you can't ignore them. You know, you have John Rahm who's coming in blazing hot. He's one in three of his last five starts. I believe one, his last start at the century tournament of champions is a past winner here and does come to this event, you know, pretty much year over year for some reason. I don't really understand why he picks this event. That's not elevated. Uh, purse is not very big and it's super random and you're playing with, with you with a with an amateur that you're paired up with it seems like something he would hate um but he's always here and he is definitely your prohibitive favorite i think six to one is kind of the consensus on him too short for me to bet but he's obviously a presence that you should be a little bit concerned um with in this field i'm not going to go as far as betting the without john Rahm market but you are hoping to get a little bit lucky that he doesn't bring his best stuff um because he is capable of just continuing this heater uh and dominating the event um, Patrick Cantley is also here. He's, I think he should be the second favorite. He was somebody that I looked at, but he's in the top five mixed in with, um, with Scotty Scheffler as well. Um, Cantley has the, uh, the course record at the stadium course at 61, I believe it should be 11 under, uh, which he posted the year he finished runner up to see Wu Kim in 2021. Um, he does well in programs, whether it's here or Pebble beach, also somebody to consider, somebody that I'll probably skip out on uh, in the in the prop market. But again, just somebody at the top of the board I'm a little concerned, um, you know, could just get a hot putter and go out and dominate this event. Um, so I think that probably covers the uh, the trends and the background of, of everything you need to know about this field. Um, so transitioning then into... Um, how I approached betting this week, uh, you know, we'll pull up something that I want to do, um, more often in the, in this video series going forward is just giving a little bit of a peek behind my process. Uh, if you read my preview articles, um, on the lines.com. And again, that's linked in the description. I talk a lot about my model, my key stats, the things that I'm prioritizing, things that I'm fading, things of that nature. Um, so I think that that's probably a piece that's been missing in, in my content is diving even deeper into, you know, how, what do those key stats look like? What does it mean when a player models highly comparative to others? So, uh, I'm, I'm going to share in this video, you know, a peek of that and look through exactly which stats I chose as my key stats and, and how my betting card came to be. Um, this week, my betting card is 10 players, which is about as many as, as I'll probably ever have this season. Again, it goes back to combating the randomness with more exposure. Um, I'm starting my card in the 25 to one range. Um, and when you do that, it does, and, and you fade a, a 14 to one, a 12 to one player, you're going to have more flexibility when you're allocating units. I, I allocate three units to pay 24. It just gives you a little bit more flexibility to, to, you know, hedge more exposure, 
uh, with up to 10 players. So I started my card with Tom Kim actually at 25 to one. He was half that number last week. The ball striking was exactly what it needed to be. He enters this week. Number one in strokes gain approach. This is an approach course. Um, if you could just fire at pins, there's not going to be a lot of resistance. There's a big advantage to be had there. Tom Kim is not super long. That doesn't matter on this course. The only reason he missed the cut and we're getting this uh, discount this week at this event is because of the putter. He had his worst putting performance of his career um, last week. So you hope that that's been improved. You hope he misses a cut for the first time and, and God knows how long um, that he used those two extra days to, to hone in on the putter. Um, if he does, it's a great course setup for him. He's already won in the desert in uh, the Shriners Open earlier this season. So um, you got to like his chances here. He's proven that he has the win equity. Uh, Cameron Young is my next bet. He was my spotlight uh, right up. You can read more about that again in my tournament preview. He's also 25 to one. Uh, not somebody who jumped off the page in the model per se, but he has the driving distance definitely um, to to generate ample birdie opportunities. He looks strong in the Century Tournament of Champions, finished 13th there, uh, posted 19 under. He's proven he can get it done on short courses like the RBC Heritage where he finished T3. Um, or he can go to, to a century tournament of champions and post a low number. So I like him in a birdie fest. It's interesting that he's had so much major, uh, success, but I think his game kind of just travels everywhere. Uh, looked great the first three days last year at this event and kind of imploded on Sunday. I, I don't know how much of a discount we're even getting because of that, but 25 to one, um, I'll, I'll take that number. I'll take my chances on cam young after that. Really skipping the mid-tier just for the sake of having more exposure. I'm not going to go into great granularity on the picks for every single player since it is a long card. Uh, but Andrew Putnam is a player I love this week. He was 80 to 1 when I bet him. That number since gone down to 60, which is a little bit tougher of a decision to make. But you look at a player with his pedigree at this course specifically, some of the best course history uh, outside of Siwoo Kim and Adam Hadwin that you're going to see with finishes at T, uh, let's see, he finished uh, T14 last year and he's finished top 20 each of the last three years, uh, three of the last four years. So always seems to show up here. One of the best putters on tour and entering with really good form uh, was in the mix last year, last week at the Sony Open where he finished T4. Um, so, you know, the game is trending. He kind of did that all with the putter, but that's okay going into this sort of putting contest. So really having the number I got there really like his prospects and someone I'm really considering for one and done as well. Um, Harris English, I want to talk about, um, you know, him a little bit. I think he is one of my more like breakout candidates or comeback player of the year, potential candidate. Uh, I'm really high on English this season. He obviously was sidelined a lot last year. He decided to go with uh, the surgery route for his back. And you kind of see he's on the mend, slowly getting back to where he was in 2021, where he made the Ryder Cup team. Loved his quotes after he's won off the first round lead in Sony Open last week, where he said he spent the offseason practicing at PGA West. I love that. So I, I can kind of overlook the, how he finished in Sony Open, knowing he might have even just been tuning up um, to play in these conditions, which seem a little bit more suitable to his game, hundred to one, I'll buy low on it. I, I really like the long-term stock for, for Harris English. Um, uh, and obviously looks the part doppelganger with Hudson Swafford, who's won here twice. Got to take that into account. 
Uh, David Lipsky looked great last week, has good course history here, 110 to 1. I'll take it. Lee Hodges, 160 to 1, looked great um, here last year. I did not know who Lee Hodges was before this event. Um, approach, approach Marksman, really good on these shorter courses, positional, um, where he can just kind of point and shoot at pins. He finished T3 in his debut. He's in far better form this year. He looked really good actually at the, uh, St. Jude championship, um, in the FedEx playoffs, which that really impressed me. I think that, that, that is when I started to take Lee Hodges a little bit more seriously. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely encouraged by the form that he's coming in here, um, compared to last year, Matthew Neesmith at 201 high, high rated out of my model, 16th overall, really good on approach top 10 there. Somebody again, who can just sort of point and shoot, doesn't need to overpower a course with, with driving distance, but has performed well on the comp courses and somebody who I think can do well on this layout. His best finish here is a T 17. Um, Callan Taron at 225 to one. That is a, a crazy number. He's actually my favorite long shot this week. He ended the year last year with a T2 at the RSM Classic, uh, was in the mix for a lot of that tournament, which was, you know, really encouraging for me um, to see that out of him because he is more of a bomber. So when you see him contending on a short course like that, um, you know, that that's kind of eye-opening because you do need that mix. You need to be somebody who as a bomber can take care of the, the two easier courses, but then you need to have that sort of positional game when you get to the stadium course, especially on Sunday when the pressure is on. Um, I just really like his game. Him, in addition to Harris English, I would say those two guys, um, I think they're going to pick up a win this 2023 season. Um, I, I really like Callum Taron on like the Puerto Rico opens and Arbasol challenges that'll probably qualify more off of OWGR on the alternate field events this year. Um, but he's a bomber and he could really take advantage of an easy course. So really interested to see how he does. He'll be on my placement card for sure. Um, Mark Hubbard, 301, really high in the model, 13th overall, look good at the Sanderson farms, um, hit a little bit of a, of a you know, a wall, um, over the last few weeks, but, um, I like his game for this. He can win a putting contest. He can, he can peak with his irons and Kyle Westmoreland at, uh, I don't even know how to say this. Uh, one, 1,250 to one. Um, this is a crazy number. I, I don't think he should be priced as like the worst player in this field. Um, he did finish uh, T27 at the Houston open. That's a tough event. Um, and so that you got to be a pretty good player all around to be, to be finishing top 30 against that field in those conditions. He's actually gained on approach in every start this season, uh, that's been measured. So that's encouraging for somebody at, at, at this price. Um, I've got an each way on him, you know, obviously it's, it's a long shot, but, um, he does rank number one in par five scoring. So if he takes care of the par fives, even picks up a few Eagles on those, um, you can rise up the, the leaderboard pretty quickly. So he's a bomber. He's top five in driving distance. Um, is he going to win? Probably not, but, um, you know, this is the type of week that you can feel pretty, um, okay about a 1,250 to one outright bomb after seeing the, the history that long shots have had here. Um, so that's my card. It's a mouthful. It's 10 people. I tried to breeze through that more quickly. I think usually my betting card is going to be five players max, but, um, I think you do need to approach this week with more exposure. Um, 
So we'll see how it goes. I, I think we're, our fingers are crossed that one of the favorites don't take care of business this week. If they don't, and it looks a little bit like it did last year, um, hopefully we have a couple horses in the race come Sunday. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for me this week. Thank you guys for watching, listening along. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at PGA tout. You can find my articles on the lines.com again, make sure you're subscribed to this YouTube channel. So you're getting not only these updates, but every other sport we have in the mix. Um, and, and yeah, that's going to do it for this week. So best of luck with your bets. Uh, I hope we hit uh, back to back this week. <laughs>